0: Hi, I'd like to present an idea. Mediate between thought suppression and cognitive reappraisal with expression. You can't distinguish popularity from lowest common denominators. That's prima facie obvious. Common agreement is situated within what's most commonly agreed upon. And it's why the comfort war will only ever be overcome by individuals. Crowdsourcing anything be it opinions, governments, economies, or otherwise, will cater always to the most base notions the mob can corral upon. Supernormal stimuli will, systemically, entrench itself into every facet of a popularized environment simply by virtue of its thoughtless, deceitful appeal. Only a few outliers, employing choice and personal responsibility, pursuing meaning and clarity, will overcome the challenge it presents. associating freely in an environment in which personal actions carry personal consequence, the individual thrives. The comfort warrior seeks that, an environment that culturally selects. He or she has been eviscerated by supernormal stimulus. They're stuck, depleted, frustrated. They find themselves time and time again at rock bottom, woefully unsuccessful despite their very best efforts. But it isn't the case as they may feel that they lack passion. No, they have ambition in abundance, raging within them. But they've been consumed by it. They've used comfort to dull its incessant demands. And so to succeed, they must overcome themselves, sustaining a life ungratified by cheap stimuli, enlisting in self-discovery, in confronting their fears, rising up to live life in all the glory and beauty it has to offer. Here, I'll discuss a simple thing, that we never needed to understand supernormal stimulus to be incentivized to perpetuate it. Think about it this way. Does a news company need to understand why puppy stories and clickbait generate more clicks? Does a marketing company need to recognize why focus groups favor the smell of one product over another? Irrespective of rhyme or reason, voila, fluff pieces overtake the industry and consumer products are impregnated with odors that fetuses gain preference to via vicarious maternal exposure. When statesmen and religious leaders call the shots, they use repression to control the masses. As of May 2015, 92 percent of married women in Egypt have undergone genital mutilation. During the Cultural Revolution in China, women were forced to wear unisex uniforms with short hair, and the enjoyment of sex as well as spontaneous, uncentrally planned engagement in it, was disallowed. During the 1970s, millions were tortured and killed in Cambodia, many for being academics or merely wearing eyeglasses. During the White Terror Campaign of the Spanish Civil War, an estimated 200 civilians were killed, targeting heavily writers, artists, teachers, and professors. Yet when the mass calls the shots, different tactics are employed. Edward Bernays, Nephew of Sigmund Freud and father of public relations, boasted of this in his 1928 book titled Propaganda. He claimed responsibility for playing on people's irrational, subconscious emotions and having directly caused, by use of this method, the popularization of smoking among women, the bacon and eggs American breakfast, adding fluoride to the water, framing World War I as bringing democracy to Europe overthrowing the democratically-elected President of Guatemala in service of the United Fruit Company, and more. This works time and time again because in involuntarily popularized society, there exists no mechanism that selects for the best ideas, only for those that are simply best at spreading. To select for meritorious ideas, you need the freedom to pursue that which you believe to be right, without being forced to participate within ideas with which you disagree. Voluntary association is key. Consequences, as they relate to their own actions, are key. In democracies, the individual is swept up by the whims of the mob. So, you might ask, in an environment constantly acting to impose mindless comfort, how does the individual contend? Beyond the prioritization of a daily MR and the employment of an unconditional rule set, a third method is available to the comfort warrior seeking to overcome an ever-compelling environment, and a third option for those seeking to mediate between thought suppression and cognitive reappraisal. Expression Certainly, most will agree that constantly expressing your emotions in modern-day society isn't an effort that will go over particularly well. It is fair to say that limited expression of emotion is a necessity in normal, albeit institutionalized, adult life. Yet still, I'm of the opinion that we confuse the idea of being proper with the idea of simply being. One of our greatest failures, if not the greatest, in the effort to recognize, understand and reappraise our emotions is the ostracizing of raw expression. How else can we learn to be content with ourselves if we do not first confront that with which we are discontented? Somehow we confuse the expressing of our emotions with them getting the better of us. And while it's true that excessive emotion can often signify that we've transitioned from a setting in which we were competent to a setting in which we are incompetent, that's all good and well, only if you're not already in a reality in which you are incompetent and must face that fact. Think of the implications of this. If expression, a stepping stone from helpless suppression to composed reappraisal, is eliminated, is it any wonder that we cannot make the leap? Or perhaps we have, at times, but during a moment of weakness, instead of momentarily reverting to expression, took a step back and plunged into the depths of pathology. And of course, simple expression isn't a noble goal worth striving for in and of itself. There are both good ways and bad ways to express how you feel. And just as, for some, it may be a step in the right direction, it may be a negative change for others. Nevertheless, it's easy to see how out of a fear of letting our emotions get the best of us, or perhaps out of a need for it, we've opted not to display them. I suggest that now is the time to recognize that your emotions will have an impact, one way or another, and therefore until a time where they can be harnessed, they should at the very least be addressed. Anger, intimate need, intellectual curiosity, and ultimately fear— cannot be easily uncovered once suppressed. From the resulting distorted perspective, these needs are hard to understand or even realize. They cannot be assessed and are often overlooked through sheer arrogance. When shame and guilt are status quo and urges are repressed into the corners of blissful ignorance and willful blindness, thought suppression is institutionalized. It is noticed only in the constant sense of unease permeated by rage spread thin, it disallows for a relaxed, bored sense of just being, a life that is satisfying, without the crutch of stimuli. This aversion to unstimulated observance is perhaps the most significant factor that prevents people from self-discovery. Though the individual is certain to benefit from the pursuit of disciplined self-discovery, Those whose interests are in stagnation will not, as such an effort is destined to change the world around them. Instead of an old world where our deepest urges were repressed and kept secret, they are manipulated and spread thin. Our animal-like instinctual needs are not healthfully addressed but rather viciously abused with a bombardment of unnatural and by-proxy experiences. We eat junk food to express our enjoyment and fun-loving. We wear brands to express our personality and individuality. We purchase entertainment consoles to express our adventure-seeking and risk-taking. We watch internet porn to express our sexual desires. We follow celebrities to express our social know-how and belonging, etc. All these experiences by proxy have drained our desires into a nullified stupor. Real experience has been replaced with the artificial and thus force-fed stimuli has become the latest propagator of emotionally inclined thought suppression. Inaugurate into your life an outlet for your animalistic nature. Go fishing, hit the gym, score a date. You get the idea. Address your inhibitions with real experiences. Formulate a composed lifestyle that is integrated with consistent periods that tend to your primal compulsions. Seek the unknown they to risk and explore at the prospect of there being something better out there. You want to negate the influence of your environment? Seek other environments, other ideas, gain new perspectives. It's how you found this podcast, isn't it? And finally, belong to your own reality within your existing environment. Warriors belong to a clan. And as a participant in this effort, you are no exception. Though your current culture and society may fail to represent it, they are merely byproducts of a Stone Age mind, and you have the right to shape them into congruence. Remember that you exist alongside a principle that is fought for worldwide. You may be seeking individuality, but you are not alone, warrior. Thank you for listening.